0: morning good morning good morning you doing well this morning good five of you the rest of you i'm glad that we prayed god's good god's good uh my name is darius i'm privileged to be one of the pastors here and to uh, be home here at mount rainier christian center and to call most of you family some of you i'm on the fence about but that's okay okay <laughs> Too too many of you took that seriously, but that's okay. Maybe we can work it out over lunch. So uh, I'm excited to be here this morning, and I've got three announcements that I want to share with you. Three upcoming things, and then after that, I have the privilege of uh, welcoming a special guest this morning. The first thing is this: is a Friday night. If you are free, please come out and hang out for our family movie night. This upcoming Friday night, uh, where there's gonna be free candy, there'll be spots, there'll be, I think we're watching the movie out on the lawn, uh, it's gonna be beautiful, we're watching a movie called The Bad Guys, and I don't know a lot about it, but I'm pretty sure there are bad guys in it, so, I don't know, it doesn't sound, doesn't sound very Christian to me, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, um, I'm sure it's gonna be great, please come out and enjoy the movie, bring your kids, your nieces, your nephews, your wards, your grandkids, uh, probably your pets even, and uh, we'll enjoy the movie together. So that's happening this Friday, August 19th. Uh, the second thing is that August 28th, we are having our final summer church picnic. And everyone said, amen, because you love picnics. I'm, I'm not that old. I'm 32. Uh, but I actually have been to a lot of different churches, and I've served at a lot of different churches. I have never met a group of people like you that are so Insanely obsessed with church picnics. You guys are just like a church of Yogi Bears. (laughs) Mister Park Ranger, sir, I, I don't. I like it. I like it. And the picnic will be fun. There's supposed to be water guns there, so um pastor greg he's on sabbatical right now uh praise god he's resting and ready he's gonna be ready to come back with fresh vision and for for god's gospel and everything and for the church in the fall his his wife rhonda loves to soak people with squirt guns so can we all she's not here this morning can we all just make it back to absolutely demolish her at the church picnic <laughs> some of you i can tell you're not in for those of you who laugh see me afterwards um <laughs> Uh, so anyway, the last thing is this, and I'm really excited. Um, tonight, we have our Encounter All Church work, uh, Night of Worship. And uh, man, I'm really, really excited. If, if you don't know a little bit about me, I've been here for two years at MRCC, and one of my goals has been to try to create uh, moments where people between the age of like 20 and 40 – which is a very, very mixed group of people, um, can connect with each other, uh, can worship together, can find ways to in, in, engage in their faith in new ways together. So over the past few months, we've been doing these encounter nights of worship that have been specifically geared at you know youngish adults. Um, tonight, I'm teaming up with Pastor Weston pastor weston we love you so much and uh we are doing uh, a combined encounter all church night of worship here is why is i believe that when we lift up the name of jesus above everything else it changes things scripture tells us that where two or three gather in his name, his presence is there. We know that God's presence brings freedom, that it drives out darkness, that God is the God that dwells beyond light, and he is the God of love, and we believe that tonight, chains are going to break, like it says in Luke chapter 4, chains are going to break, eyes are going to be open, prison doors are going to be open, the oppressed will receive the gospel, the poor will receive the gospel, and the year of the Lord's favor will be proclaimed in the name of Jesus. And we're believing that when we come to lift up Jesus tonight, it's going to bring a change in our community. Amen. Anyway, I'm really excited about that. I'll see you guys here tonight at six. There's kid care uh, for kids seven and under. If you have kids over seven, please bring them into worship with us and and try it. If you bring your eight-year-old in and they're having a hard time in here, we'll take them back with the kid team and we'll just plop them back there and put them in the corner. No, I'm kidding. Um, we'll let them go hang out with the kids. If your 12-year-old is here and they and they can't handle it for the whole, you know, 45 minutes that we're going to worship together, we'll let them go hang out with the kids. But at least try, if, if you would, to bring, if you want to bring your, your eight and older kids uh, and just worship together. Man, as a kid, seeing the people of God worship and lift up the name of Jesus, that's powerful. So anyway, last thing is uh, one of my good friends actually just happened. Uh, Pastor Greg asked him to come and preach uh, while he was on sabbatical, and I used to serve at a church called Creekside with this guy, Sean. Um, he's he's funny. He's genuine, and his love for Jesus is deep and rich and full. So would you guys please welcome up uh, Sean Mills. He's a missionary this morning.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I've had so many lies spoken about me in 30 seconds or less. <laughs> That's a lot to live up to, y'all. <laughs> Thank you, Darius. I love you too, man. It's been uh, just absolutely excellent to be able to come here to MRCC. Uh, Sorry, I should have had this done beforehand. There we go. Now we're ready to go. Good morning. It's only 10 o'clock and you guys already are awake. That is awesome. I love it. You know, I just want to say, first off, thank you to you all, MRCC, because even though you don't know me, I already feel like I'm part of your family special type of church that without even knowing somebody, you can make them feel welcomed, invited. I got to my hotel last night and there was an amazing gift basket. What a way to make a missionary cry. Thank you. So I wanted to go to bed last night, tears on my pillow. That's love. And you guys have such a great church. Your band does such an awesome job of bringing heaven into the sanctuary and it's such a diverse thing yeah give it up for them because they're awesome it's also great because i've never seen a 90s surfer point break guy on keys and a crystal lake redneck skier on base i mean that's just incredible but you always know it's going to be fire when one of the worship people has their their shoes off barefoot you know heaven's coming down that day I also want to say thank you to Pastor Greg. I actually don't know him. He's trusting me right now, having never really inter- interacted. And I love the fact that your pastor loves you all so much that he's willing to take time away to refresh, to renew, to gain more vision and clarity, to, gu- to lead you and guide you into the next amazing things that God has here at MRCC. Thank you, Pastor Greg. I hope that you're enjoying your sabbatical. And I hope that I can do it justice. All right, here's the deal, folks. My dad is from New York. And he taught me, he's a missionary for 31 years, taught me two things. So one, never say in two minutes what you can say in one. And two, when they give you 30 minutes to preach, try to give it back to them in 20. So We're going to go fast, we're going to go hard, we're going to go straight through it, okay? So not a lot of downtime here. Today I have for you a sermon that's titled, Networking. And you're going to see up on screen here in a little bit, the scripture verses, we're going to be coming into Luke 5, 4 through 11. They'll be behind me here in just a moment. I'm going to go ahead and read that out for you. Now, in this scripture verses, in this passage, I want to set it up for you a little bit. Because you've got some fishermen who are coming back in from a night of fishing. And in steps this guy. Long robes, long hair, beard, looks like a Middle Eastern. Says, roll out a little bit, I want to talk to the people from on the shore from the boat. They're going, like, okay. So they row out. And this is where we start. In four, he says, When he finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep waters and let down your nets for a catch. Simon responded, Said, Master, we've worked hard all night, caught nothing, but I will do as you say. And let down the nets. And when they had done this, they caught a great quantity of fish, and their nets began to tear. And so they signaled to their other partners, Hey! Over here! Help! And they came and they filled both boats to the point that they were sinking. And then we jumped down further, where Jesus... Tells them, do not fear, for now I will make you fishers of men. So you got to imagine, random Middle Eastern dude comes up to you, Simon Peter's got to be like, man, this guy, he doesn't talk like fishermen. In fact, he kind of sounds like those uppity carpenter people up on the hill. But I'll go do it. Now, I don't know how many of you all here are fisher people, like to fish. Okay. I've heard that there's a small difference between fishing and loitering. And I have had fish and wildlife tell me to move it along several times. <laughs> I like to crab. I like, I like it. I, I love it. When I was first learning, I tossed the ring out. Nothing. Tossed the ring out. Nothing. By the third time I learned you got to put a rope on it, bring it back. (laughs) Worked way better. But I've never had my net so full that it would begin to tear. Never seen that. This is what I call working the net. Now, here's the thing MRCC, you guys do an amazing job with missions. I've seen what you all do on that backboard. You guys look at a missionary and you say, Kershels, go out in that direction. Hinkles, go out in that direction. Haney, go out in that direction. And between us, we'll hold the nets so that we can catch all the souls and bring them to the feet of Jesus. That, CC is amazing. That you all are willing to share in that process. But here's the thing. It's teamwork. Because we can't go if you don't send us. But if we're not here to go, who will you send? And so I just want to say thank you for being willing to do that. In the late 1700s, there was a well-known missionary by the name of William Carey, who was going to India. And he told a story of a man who was going to go into a deep, dark pit, so dark couldn't see the hand of your face. And he was going to tie a rope around his waist, And he turns back and looks at his friend and says, I will go down if you hold the rope. That's what you all do with missions here. We go out because you all are willing to hold the rope. Now you might be wondering okay, I get it, but who are you? I'm a nerd, an absolute geek. Born in Seattle, Washington, right in Virginia Mason on Pill Hill. I was a Christian, born on Saturday in church on Sunday. That's the truth, too. When I was four years old, I made the decision with my family to move to Tennessee. That's why I say things like, I love y'all. And I love me some sweet tea. In fact, unsweet tea is just unfinished tea. Put a little sugar in that and you got something going on. My dad got his master's in sociology, loved Jesus. We had a missionary come to our church, said, I'm looking for someone who can teach sociology, loves Jesus, and is called to be a missionary. My dad said, right here, we're good to go. That night, he sat me and my younger sister down and said, I want you all to pray because we're either called as a family to go or we don't go at all. Because my dad was very strongly believed that God does not call us to sacrifice our children on the altar of ministry and wanted it to be a family venture. And boy, howdy, was it an adventure. We prayed I said yes at nine years old. By 10, I was living in Ecuador, learning to speak Spanish. By 14, I was taking groups around, medical missions, construction, anything and everything. And by the time that I was 20, I came back, wanted to go to college. And I told God, God, I'm done with being a missionary, done. I wanna go to school. Get a job, get a house, find a wife, have the cat, the dog, the picket fence, and the 1.8 kids. I'm homeschooled. Math was never my forte. And God said, okay. So I did that. Got a degree in Spanish. Worked for their help desk doing technology had my own business fixing computers, taught computers at the public library, got a job working for a satellite company that did broadcasting, where my job for eight hours a day was to watch 60 live channels of television. And let me tell you, televangelists in that grouping doesn't get any better when there's eight of them across your screen. The other half of my job was to take something called beta tape. Now, a lot of you young people won't know what that is. Uh, some of you won't even know what a VHS is. But basically, if beta tape was the better version of VHS, VHS had just better marketing. Think of it like, you know, Android has a better product, but Apple has better marketing. I know that's going to, like, really set some of you off. That's okay. <laughs> For the, that's, the younger, that's the younger crowd. I came back to Seattle when I was 30. Wanted to see if maybe I just had a romantic notion of what Seattle was like. And so, like a salmon, I returned upstream. (laughs) Three years into it, I got a job where I was just not having any of it. It was a bad job for me. I'm a fix-it kind of person, and I worked for a call center where it was my job to tell women who would just come off the bus that it was two years to get into a family shelter, two years of waiting to get on the wait list. I'm a fix-it person. That's not good for me. After three years of that, I started putting in other applications, and my dad, still a missionary, goes, Sean, why don't you put in an application to become a missionary? I go, oh, Dad, that's great. I've already had that conversation with God. Not interested. Said, well, you know, just do it. Now, I'm a big fan of obeying my parents. So, under protest, but in obedience, I put in an application. Wouldn't you all know that's the only application that came back? (laughs) Uh, Okay. When I recommitted my life to Christ when I was 16, I told God there will be times where you have to use a two by four over my head to get me to hear or understand because I can be a little stubborn sometimes. Fortunately, I think we're about down to a one-by-one one and it's getting a lot better. <laughs> so I went. So okay, God, I'll go. Six months into that missionary trip, I began going, well, God, I'm coming to the end of this and uh, if you don't show me what the next steps are, I guess we just... Go back to the original plan, right? Job, the wife, the picket fence, maybe the kids. Definitely the cat and dog. And God's like, well, look around. What else is out there? So I went on and began looking for places where they put missions needed help advertisement. The wanted ads for missions. It's called Pipeline if you're ever interested. And I looked all over South America because I speak Spanish. You know, hey. They, they were not looking for my skill set at all anywhere in South America. They wanted two things either a children's coordinator. I love kids, especially when I can send them home after five minutes. <laughs> or they were looking for a church planter. Now, I am not a pastor. I am not an evangelist. That is not my calling. So God said, Well, where else in the world could you go? I go, I don't know. Uh, my grandmother's Visayan, Filipina. My mom's from Hawaii. I know I don't look it. Maybe the Philippines. I mean, if they kind of sort of speak Spanish. Maybe the language acquisition wouldn't be too hard. And God's like, okay, that's, that's good. But where else? Try Europe. Oh, God. Where in Europe do they speak Spanish? Oh, right. Spain. <laughs> where Spanish comes from. Of course. So I go on there and I find a group called International Media Ministries. And they are looking for somebody who can take their beta tape library and digitize it. Okay, God, I get it. One by one. (laughs) I get it. So I went for two years and served there. I haven't touched a single beta tape while I was there, y'all, because we were so busy doing so many other things. Like, we just finished eight episodes of the early church fathers and mothers out of North Africa reminding the Muslims that they have a Christian heritage that predates their Muslim heritage in North Africa. We work with seven different satellites broadcasting across North Africa, Middle East, parts of Asia, all of Europe, seven satellites, two of which are reaching 10 million Muslims every month, eyes on screen. I can't even give you the numbers on the other five because they won't give us the analytics. We're streaming across, broadcasting across all kinds of online streaming platforms. We work with an organization. When we broadcast into a sensitive country and the religious police shut us down, Within 30 seconds to a minute, we're rerouted and back up and running. We just finished with the pre-production of a new project where we're going to be broadcasting the story of Esther in Farsi into a little place, past tense of I Run. I'll take a moment for you all to figure that out. I can't say it on the microphone. See, we have somebody who came to us, who I will call Lila. Lila was a Christian in that country. And one morning there was a knock on her front door. And she opened it up and the religious police took her to jail, took her to prison. She was in prison for nine months, tortured. Four of those months she spent in solitary confinement. She still cannot sleep in a dark, locked room. She got out of there, met a group that said, if you can get through TSA, we'll take your name out of the system for 15 minutes, but if you get caught, we don't know you, you don't know us. Now, I don't know how many of you all flown recently, but getting through TSA in 15 minutes is a miracle in its own self, much less under that kind of pressure, but she made it out. She came to us with an idea of doing Esther in Farsi because apparently the Persian people love Esther still. In fact, her tomb is a religious site you can actually go to and touch. They still consider her to be one of their most beautiful queens of history. And so we're going to tell the story of Queen Esther in Farsi about how she was a woman of faith with ties back to the lineage of Jesus Christ. How awesome is that? We also are working on this. This is a computer. For those of you in the back who can't see it, I'll be out in the lobby. You can take a look at it in person. This computer broadcasts its own Wi-Fi signal with no need of actual internet People with cell phones, tablets, and PCs can connect to this computer and download, within 60 feet away, up to five different languages, Bibles and film, streaming or download. So imagine this. You go into a country that is sensitive. You gather some leaders. You go have coffee. Anybody here like coffee? Oh, at least one of us. Okay, good. I I, I gotta say, I love our Northwest area. It's the only place I've found where we can get Java, jeans, and Jesus all on one Sunday morning. (laughs) All the leaders are sitting around having their coffee. You're working on your laptop and you turn this on and they download Bibles and film and then take it back into their communities, lowering the risk of getting captured by the religious police. It doesn't guarantee security, but it helps. It helps. This is why I love the idea of networking. This is why we need you. Because, see, I'm not supposed to be here. My home is in Spain. But here I am. Now, it's a little bit different because... uh, You know, I try to be fast, and I've got a couple more minutes. I understand that the children's group, they like to keep it really tight because they want to be able to do their lessons as well, and they told me not to finish too early this morning. So I'm going to end with this. It's an old joke. Don't stop me if you've heard it. There were two boys, troublemakers. Now, this isn't boys in this church. I know the boys here at MRCC are just angels. So this is a, a different church. This is MR not CC. <laughs> That's a southern joke. MR good jokes, MR not good jokes. <laughs> this pastor was getting tired of it, so he called the two boys to sit down into his office. And he looks over his desk and says, where's God? Where's God? The little boy's eyes are just bit saucers. He looks at him again and goes, where's
0: God?
1: And the older brother grabs the little brother's hand, takes off running, and the little brother says, what's going on? The older brother says, I don't know, but they've lost God, and they're trying to pin it on us. Where's God, though, is the same question that is on the lips of the atheist who says with his lips, there is no God, but in his heart wonders. Where's God is the same question, the mother who goes to the temple every morning to sacrifice for her family and nothing changes. Where's God is the question that the person who marches in the LGBTQI plus parade, and goes home to an abusive spouse because abuse is higher in that community than it is in the heterosexual community. Where's God is on the lips and hearts of the man who bows in prayer seven times a day but has never heard the voice of God in return. Where's God is the question the young woman with her finger down her throat and in the mirror trying to carve off pieces of herself is wondering. Where's God, the young man with a gun in his lap, wondering, will the pain go away if he kills himself or his classmates? Because you see, 43% of the world have yet to hear the name of Jesus Christ. 43% of the world want to know, where is God? And that is what missions is doing. We are answering the question, Where is God? God is right here. He loves you. He sent Jesus to die on the cross. We are using every means possible to get this message out, whether it be satellites, tiny little computers made by little nerds, business, coffee shops, orphanages, all to answer the question, where's God? We are expanding the nets The fish are out there. The souls are out there. The nets are full. And we're waving at SRCC going, don't drop the rope. Don't let go of the net. Because there are missionaries who go to sleep worried that the rope is fraying here in the States. It's disintegrating. Here's the thing, church, maybe today, right now, you are also wondering, where is God? With pandemics, recession, jobs, family, a rise in hatred, a rise in violence, health concerns, mental health issues, maybe today you are wondering, where is God? Well, I want to let you know right now with no doubt he is here. And if you need help, this is your family. Find somebody. Talk to them. Pray. Let them hold you up. Maybe some of you today feel like you're being called to missions. I love it. It is scary. It is amazing. But come join the network. You want to find out about how God can use your talents? Come see me after the service. I tell people all over missions doesn't look like what you think it looks like anymore. I don't stand on the street corner with a sign. Praise God for those who are called to do that. That's amazing. I sit in an office every day, reaching 10 million Muslims every month. I'm sure I can find a place for you. And then some of you are called to stay here. Because it's a symbiotic relationship. You're called to go to work every day. Nine to five. God bless you. I cannot do that. I'm not built for nine to five. You say... Don't worry, the Cushels, Chi Alpha team, we got you. We're going to keep holding it down here for you. Because here's the thing, church. There are missionaries who will go. I am willing to go. But the question is, will you all continue to hold the rope? Will you share in the good work of continuing to work the nets for Jesus Christ. We're going to be closing up here in just a moment. You can tell because the piano has already started. <laughs> and I've been given the honor of doing three things. Praying for you all, giving you all a benediction, which when I saw that, I was like, well, do you guys use any specific benediction? No, just whatever you want. I'm like, okay, great. And then I'm going to dismiss you. so That way you can go get lunch or breakfast, whichever time it is. Father, I just want to say thank you for my MRCC family, Father. You can feel that they are on the task of loving missions because you love missions. Because you were the first missionary Who came to earth and you set us to replicate who you are here on earth. And so, Father, for those people who are right now wondering where God is in their life, show up for them. Holy Spirit, begin to provide comfort for them so that they might see you clearer and be emboldened to share that comfort with the rest of the world, Father. For those who are called to missions and are kind of side-eyeing it right now because it looks too big, it looks too scary, or maybe they just don't know what to do next. Father, you've got the answers. That they would be willing to step out in faith and go, just like you told Peter to go to deeper waters cast the nets down would you continue to compel people from mrcc to go out into deeper waters father and for the people you've called to continue to hold the rope father their hands have been burned by ropes father but they're not letting go continue to bless them in their work father Continue to bless them while they are here, that they would not lose sight of the mission that we all share in, Father. I give you thanks for each person that has taken the time to come here to celebrate you, to love on you, that they go out back into their workplaces and their environments, Father. Lit up for you. In Jesus' name. So, in my benediction, I'm going to use a, a European benediction, if I can find it. It comes from Micah. I'm sorry, my computer's a little slow here. There we go. It's Micah six eight. That's not right. It is Micah, I promise. Can't find it right now. Okay, I'll just wing it. That's a scary thought. Here's my benediction, that this week, you would go out, that you would do justice, that you would love mercy, and that you would walk humbly with the lord you all are fantastic i love you guys very much thank you mrcc family for having me here blessings on you as you go out love you all